we promulgate that your physical, psychological, and financial health are your true sources of wealth that must be safeguarded and optimized to achieve long-lasting happiness. Here, we'll discuss tactics on how you may self-actualize to reach the pinnacle of authentic masculinity by embracing true libertarian principles, arming yourself with red pill knowledge, as well as implementing the most up-to-date holistic health biohacks to optimize your health. Stop being a blue pill sheep, being led to slaughter by big government and the court system. Become an awakened man. Here's your host, Gregory. Hello everybody, this is Gregory. Welcome back to another episode of The Awakened Man. I hope you're doing well today. Today we're going to talk about why are Americans the most overweight they've ever been in human history. Now, of course, this is an important thing because we know obesity shortens your life expectancy anywhere from 7 to 10 years. And it leads to comorbidity or having developing diseases and then developing diseases that are connected to that first disease that you develop. So, for example, when you're overweight, you're more likely to get you know, morbid obesity is a disease. So you can count that as a disease. You're more likely to get type 2 diabetes. You're more likely to get hyperlipidemia or high cholesterol. You're more likely to get hypertension. You're more likely to have osteoarthritis, joint problems. You're more likely to have cardiovascular incidences like heart, attack, heart attacks and strokes and all these things like that. So you die younger when you're fat. And of course, the social stigma that comes to it. Now, the social stigma, I think, is less than when it used to be. For example, when I was a fat kid and adolescent back in the 80s, I think there was more of a stigma because there were less fat people. And I guess you can say one of the ancillary benefits of more obesity is that there's less fat bullying. But I think ideally, we don't want there to be any bullying at all. But I think ideally, ideally, we'd rather want it to be like in the 80s where there were less fat people. And unfortunately, they were bullied, being, being bullied than more fat people who are endangering their lives where bullying is not as common. Now, why do I think the... Overweight number is around 75 to 80%. And remember, that's about 20 pounds overweight. It's it, it's under 20% of your BMI. You're higher than 20% of your BMI. And obesity is higher than 20% over your BMI. So you could say 80% of Americans are 20 pounds overweight or less. And then within that demo, 40% are more. Now, you can look around anecdotally and see this. And I think we've become so inured to it like we look around and we just don't register the fact that the large majority of people at whatever age are fat we just don't really see it because we're just so used to it i think uh what we see it more is like when we go to europe but even europe the obesity epidemic is 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 getting big or even in china where the obesity was very rare you see it over there and that's going to go to one of the reasons we're going to talk about in a second but the Europeans always comment, like, well, we, we come to America, everyone is so fat. You know, we're, we're just so used to it, we don't see it. We don't see it at all. So I think that the other way to see it is when you watch footage. Not like movies necessarily, but certainly movies. Because, I mean, you can watch movies like Barbie. There's nobody fat in Barbie, really. But if you watch just footage from the 60s, let's say somebody just took some footage from the beach of your grandma back then with her Super 8 camera or your granddad's Super 8 camera when they're young and they're frolicking on the beach in the 60s and 70s. And you just see random people 
on the street. That's when you'll know it's like, wow, everyone's skinny. <laughs> What's up? We're just so used to it. So what are some reasons? Well, I think the obvious ones is we were moving more back then. We had more of an industrial job than now. I think most jobs today are sedentary, and I think that plays a role in it. And I think one of the strange things is, look, gym membership is the highest it's ever been, ever. If you just look at modern times, the last 10, 15 years. But we're still the fattest we've ever been. So gym membership, even gym usage, doesn't really tell you much. Right now I'm drinking a green tea Earl Grey. So it's essentially a green tea with bergamot. But you can go to the gym and see overweight people at the gym. And then you could take a snapshot and go back a year later. And the majority of those people are still going to be the same. And we, we've talked about with men in particular, how men will go to the gym and spend four hours lifting weights, but never work on getting rid of their beer gut. Because they're doing what they're used to doing, which is lifting weights, right? They lifted weights in high school. Then they drank too much beer, for example, and they got overweight in the pooch, in the belly. But they never really think, when I go to the gym, oh, I need to lose this gut. It's more like they just do what they like to do, which is lifting weights. So yeah, they might get more muscles, but they're still not working on the gut and ultimately working on the gut and losing your weight is more important for your long-term longevity than getting muscles i'm not to say that having muscles is bad for you of course it's not we want to have a good proportion and the studies are pretty clear like that the ideal male look is the soccer physique where you're strong but swift if you're if you look at our paleolithic ancestors if you're one of the other two kind of deviants deviations i should say the deviants if you're one of those deviations, uh, let's say you're too big, well, if there was a predator, you probably, the predator would catch up to you. But if you were too scrawny, you couldn't fight him off. So you think of something like a, a swimmer's physique, a soccer physique. That's really what we should be striving for. But when you go to the gym, you see most of the guys wanting to be Arnold Schwarzenegger circa 1977. Either way, so you could say we're sedentary. I think that's one thing. But that's honestly balanced out by the fact that a lot of people work out and go to the gym. And sitting is the new smoking when it comes to disease. We Sedentary is not good. So if you do have a job where you have to sit quite a bit, like every hour, go walk around, go to do a flight of stairs, just move the body. If you're a teacher, take a, that you know, eight-minute passing period between classes, go walk around. We got to move, 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 move. And if you're in a really sedentary job, then it's even more important that you do take morning walks or evening walks or find time to do calisthenics at home or go to the gym. What else is a big thing? I mean, you could say like, because you got to look, okay, what is different now than in 1970? Let's say when the obesity started to, to increase. What's now? What's different now? Well, the breakdown of the family, I think, does play a small role in it. You look at now, there's a lot of families and illegitimacy rates are over 50% as a whole in America. And there's certain populations where the illegitimacy rate's 80%. So the breakdown of the family is bad. It's bad on, on every level. Now, people who initiate the divorce will say that there's always a good reason. And maybe there is a good reason on a microcosmic level, but on a macrocosmic level, it's bad. It's bad for society. So one of the, the problems with, with divorce is now you have kids living at a single mom, typically, and maybe she's got to work still, and so she's just going to pick up fast food or she doesn't have time to cook. 
I think there, I think there is a certain role in that. And then you look at the emotional toll that divorce might have, where there's some kids that are just going to eat to numb the pain, kind of like I did when I was a child, even though I was not a product of divorce. And then I think that's that's a small ancillary too. So you, you can say break down the family. We're more sedentary than our previous ancestors. I would say it's to me just from my experience of being a fat person. And then being able to keep it off for the last 30 years and just anecdotally, just from my, my modest podcast perch, I would tell you to these two things, not these two things, but the, these two upcoming things. Number one, no particular order though, the ultra processed foods. See, the ultra processed foods, I mean, we had them in the 1930s and 40s, but they were not nearly as prevalent. So what are the ultra processed foods, the UPFs? The UPFs are essentially middle aisle grocery store foods. So these are foods that are high in calorie and low in nutrition. These are foods that are franken foods. They're not found in nature. These are foods where food scientists work to optimize the bliss point, where you get that perfect ratio of salt, sweet, and fat. And these foods have lots of calories and low nutrition. And because most of these foods are high carb, low fat, it's easy to overeat these. So what foods are these? Cereals. Breaded items, muffins, donuts, danishes, cakes, all those things. Chips, cookies, crackers, a variety, goldfish crackers, saltines, all the different types that they have. Candies, of course, the liquid calories, sodas, and even orange juice and, and sweet teas and all these things you would not find in nature they're all shot up with tons of sugar they're all shot up with food dyes to make them look snappy so to speak and so we're eating these and if you look at Kraft, Procter & Gamble, Unilever, these companies, these gigantic companies who make these products they know that there's tons of money to be made they raise up these prices because of the convenience the packaging and these foods are not expensive to make. What's in cereal? It's just a variety of high fructose, corn-based sweeteners, and then some flour or some corn, depending on the cereal, and then some food dyes. It's cheap. It's dirt cheap. And so they make tons of money off of it. And these foods are what you're going to find in the large majority of people's houses. And these foods get us fat because they're high in calorie and low in nutrition. They don't fill us up, but they taste really good. Not to mention the, the preservatives they put in these foods are obesogens, for example, mitosodium glutamate. It's a flavor enhancer they put in soups, cheap chips, flavored chips, for example, corn nuts, anything that's flavored. It's an obesogen. High fructose corn syrup is an obesogen. You don't find a lot of cane sugar as sweeteners anymore in any of these middle aisle grocery store foods. It's almost always high fructose corn syrup because it's cheaper, right? And then they're all about making a profit. So we're eating a lot of this. If we were to go back to eating what was more common in the 50s, and again, in the 50s and 60s, there were cereals, obviously. The, the history of cereal is quite fascinating. If you look at Kellogg, Kellogg was wanting to reduce the fertility of men. And he had this kind of quack belief back then that, that having them eat a lot of, of his product would do that. He was kind of an early eugenicist, alleged eugenicist. And they were the ones later who came up with the idea of breakfast being the most important meal of the day. 
If you look before that, a lot of people didn't eat breakfast. They just ate lunch and dinner. But the idea that even if you want to believe that breakfast is the most important meal of the day, doesn't mean you have to eat crap, pancakes, muffins, cereals, and all this sugar, empty calories with low nutrition. You'd be eating like the, the hearty English breakfast that the, the working class used to do, which was a lot of with black tea, like gross black tea, a lot of a lot of like bread with butter and eggs and bacon and cheese. You know, it's just very hearty. Just not even not even eggs. It was like bread, cheese, butter, gross black tea. But at least back then we understood. Because this is before Ansel Keys came around and told us that fat kills us, which it doesn't. Carbs kill us. Back then, we would eat a lot of steak. We would eat a lot of bacon. We would eat a lot of eggs. And you look at your grandfather, great-grandfather, they weren't fat. And they were eating all these things that my generation were told were bad for you. I grew up in the generation of Ansel Keys, who said all these things are bad. You need to eat corn-based stuff. So he... And his lackeys created the food pyramid. Six to 12 servings of carbs a day. And if you look at the old USDA food pyramid from the 80s, literally it had boxes of cereal on it. Like we should be eating boxes of cereal. So we thought that fat was bad. This is where we ended up getting skim milk, 1% milk, fat-free yogurt, fat-free pudding, fat-free everything. And that contributed as well. Because again, fat fills you up. Fat is good for you, the right fat. Even saturated fat from animal products is good for you. What's now good for us is sugar-based, empty-calorie garbage. So the ultra-processed foods definitely played a role in it. And I think the biggest thing, and I've talked about this in an episode I did a couple months ago, is America's in a collective depression. If you look at the obesity epidemic, if you look at the alcohol ingestion, alcohol and alcohol consumption, I should say, you look at the drug consumption, either recreational or off-label, so like, you know, being being hooked on Adderall, being hooked on Ambien, being hooked on, you know, the fentanyl, Vicodin problem we have in America today. These numbers are at an all-time high. And this would suggest to me that Americans are trying to, uh, was it Timothy Leary back in the 60s? He said, tune in, drop in, tune out. I forgot what his phrase was. But we're trying to escape reality. And no doubt food tastes good, especially these ultra-processed foods. And I think we use food to numb the pain. I think Americans, either because of economic reasons like inflation or they're underemployed or maybe it's, it's domestic stress, they don't like their spouse or their kids or whatever it is, we, we're turning too much to drugs, to food, to alcohol. And I think if Americans were in a better place, they wouldn't be having to, to use these things to excess because all these things were around in the 50s. I mean, it was hard to get recreational drugs uh, and prescription drugs to abuse, but we had bad food and we had alcohol back in the 50s, but you didn't see obese people back then. And I think we are just overly indulging. We're overly gluttonous on food because I think we're depressed. And I think most people, regardless of what side of the aisle you're at in your, in your ideology, I think most people intuitively know that America is past its peak. Now, you can blame the other side of the ideology, which is what each ideology does, but I think it's pretty clear. We're past our peak. We're, we're in a cultural decline for sure. 
just the way we speak, look at our music, look at the way we dress, look at all these things compared to the 1960s, certainly to 100 years ago, we are in decline. And I think that all these factors have play a role as to why obesity is skyrocketed. And I think the biggest ones is we eat crap food and we're depressed. Those are the main ones. Guys, there's two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal. If you want to make a donation, help to defray the cost of hosting this on the server because I don't make any money doing this all these years later. Also, there's a link to the website which hosts this feed and the other feeds. If you guys know, the Cinema Rag moved over to YouTube. So if you want to know what I look like, you've been listening to me all these years. One of the three feeds, either Female Holistic Health Apothecary or Confessions of an Obese Child. If you want to know what I look like, I'm over at the Cinema Rag on YouTube. So go check me out over there and check out the link in the episode notes to go to the website which hosts all these feeds and has tons of articles and loads of recipes that are that are nutritious, that are high healthy fat and stay away from these ultra processed foods. Until next time, take care. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Awakened Man Podcast. Find us on Facebook at the Awakened Man Podcast page. Subscribe and post an honest review on Apple Podcasts and consider donating to our crowdfunding account. And remember, freedom is better than need Until next time.